we're going. Aloha. Oh, we got to welcome all of our Hawaii podcasts. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Sandcast podcast with Traborn and Travis Warder, sponsored by the best ball in the business, Wilson. Uh, as I just said, we're coming in this week with uh, another Hawaii loke and uh, assistant coach at the University of Hawaii, a guy who kind of helped in the development of my career, Trevor, all the Hawaii boys by just being there, playing against us, helping put on tournaments and um, really just enriching the beach volleyball community in Hawaii. Evan Silberstein, welcome to the show. Awesome. Mahalo, Tri. Thanks to you and Travis for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Longtime fan and yeah, stoked to represent the 808 um, for all the things that are happening over here. It's been, uh, it's been a long time coming. We got to have our, our Hawaii representation. We've had a lot of Hawaii people on, but most of them don't actually live in Hawaii right now. We had, <laughs> we've had all the you know, ex-players, the current players, but, but no one that's actually in Hawaii experiencing the uh, quarantine in Hawaii, which I really wish I was doing because it sounds amazing. <laughs> How's it going uh, uh, during quarantine out there? I know there's some waves, so it can't be too bad. Yeah, we've it's uh, it's summer is definitely arriving. There's some south swells have come in. There's been some fun weeks. It's it's kind of a pretty festive season down in Waikiki. The volleyball has kind of kicked up in the last few weeks, which has been awesome. Uh, outriggers kind of slowly getting ourselves back open in the last week, also, which has been great. People are really organized and making great decisions and getting people kind of back out on it. And we've been in the ocean enjoying that and um, just, you know, taking it step by step like everyone else. But yeah, I agree. We wish you were here too, try. We'd be having fun with water. For sure. Yeah. I mean, everyone in Hawaii is so active. It's, it's, we were talking about earlier how they didn't even try to shut down the ocean like they did here in California, <laughs> which I feel like, I mean, you would have got riots and protests probably from that. First of all, it wouldn't have worked. Like, you can't keep Hawaii, Hawaiians out of the ocean because they'll just yeah. go crazy. Yeah. But um, it's just such an active lifestyle there. I feel like everyone's still been outdoors, which is probably the best place to be. Obviously, you don't want to be near too many people, but um, yeah. you, you've been staying active and out, outdoors. Definitely. You know, our, our season got cut short this year. So I have a lot more free time than, uh, than I normally might in the last few, few months. Uh, that's definitely got me going in the ocean. There's big, some big Souths that I've probably served some of the biggest waves of my life down there in the last couple of weeks. Um, so, but a couple of fun days and small days, just Waikiki when it's happening, um, has been great. I've actually gotten pretty active on my yoga mat because it's quarantine and I started teaching mm -hmm. again, which I hadn't done in years. And now I'm already all, all the way up to starting myself a YouTube channel. We've been having so much fun. So nice. fun to put out the yoga in the world because I think it just helps people to kind of have a broader perspective when times are tight. So and it keeps the body loose and all the good stuff. So surfing and yoga and then just actually played my first volley of, uh, of the summer yesterday down at Outrigger. So we had kind of a under six foot, you know, old guy kind of game. Myself. <laughs> That was a pretty fun one too. So happy. To I love it. <laughs> who all, uh, who played in that one? I got to know. Oh, uh, so it was, it was a big four, man. It was coming for a while. Um, it was Billy Pratt and Stu Chong, um, Stanford national champion. 
uh, versus me and Danny Alvarez. So the Filipino yeah. and the Jew came together. <laughs> so uh, Danny and I have a lot of experience coaching together with the bows. You know, we've had a lot of success. So we were having fun just, you know, keeping the mojo flowing between us and we got it down versus those guys. So we're grateful for their competition and we, we look forward to some more games coming up in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Those games are just so good. I just, when I see those, I just show up and sit on the bench. I don't even need to watch. Just listen to the dialogue and it's <laughs> all time. Yeah, there's a lot of banter. Travis, did you get down for any games down there when you're there at Outrigger? Kind of see the whole. Kind of I world got down, um, I was there for some pretty sloppy ace. It, uh, <laughs> it went downhill pretty fast. And then, uh, we hung out for, uh, for some dinner. I went out, I think I got lunch with, uh, with Tri's dad. Oh yeah. And, um, <laughs> which was, it was hilarious. Cause actually when I was in Hawaii for the first time, Tri, that was when you and Gabby had like just gotten pregnant and, uh, and your dad, was like, he was like, don't, you know, just Gab. <laughs> he was like, don't tell Tri, but, uh, I'm not supposed to tell anyone. But they're having a baby. And I was like, and then you called like 10 minutes later and I was like, you're having a baby. Like I tried yeah. to act surprised. <laughs> yeah. I remember so. that. <laughs> uh, that sounds like your dad. Uh, his dad was a longtime volunteer in our program. Also, we worked together for about five years. He's an amazing event organizer, just a world-class volunteer. Um, what he gave to our program is amazing, but I know he likes to He's like me. We like to just talk. So I'm sure he was, he was pretty fired up and he had to tell yeah. something. <laughs> For sure. So, but I, I haven't seen any, uh, any real games go down at, at Outrigger yet. Just, I did see a couple of the Groms uh, on the baby court and they were, uh, they were chattering a little bit. I can see why all the Hawaiians tend to be the one, the louder ones in uh, on the AVP. <laughs> It, you know, I think it's a playful spirit for sure. And just yeah. try knows the way the club can teach volleyball is uh, it's not like anything I've ever seen in any other place. Uh, I came as a guest there for a long time when I used to play against Try and Trevor and Taylor and the Shogis. And I mean, there's a long list of guys that are all really celebrated now. And I was always a guest. And uh, people always made me feel really welcome when I was there. And you got to celebrate volleyball. And that's for me why I was such a kind of a cool opportunity to play against those guys. Cause I, I kind of knew what I was watching. They were all coming, whether it was high school, college juniors, the decorations were kind of adding, you just see the volley. Everyone was so talented. So it was fun to, um, you know, compete in two on two in four man daddy Haynes style. So it, it, it kind of blends the talent so people can work together. And then we also would do a really cool tournament, which I, I wish more places would do, which is an open junior. So you kind of, I was like an old guy and we get to play with kind of younger guys to, you know, versus other old guy, young guy combos. Um, and it was, that was just amazing kind of teaching ground. I think we would just play the whole tournament, you know, so everyone kind of got better playing against each other and just having super fun and a lot of chatter, even in the open junior games, <laughs> chatter, it's real. So um, those kind of things, I think I feel grateful to kind of have watched them and continue to watch everyone now, but to get to have competed um, in that kind of environment, I think it's a real outrigger thing that it can teach the game across generation like that. And, and people learn, it just pushes the level right up. I, I, uh, the, the way you talk about Hawaii and just volleyball in general, I think, and then like you're starting to, you're doing yoga and maybe starting a yoga YouTube channel. I think the last thing I would guess is that you were a New York native and a lawyer. 
<laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> this is true. Um, yoga and Hawaii are things that I need. As a, <laughs> this is the medicine that, uh, that got called out for me in my life because I had so much energy growing up and so much aspiration and kind of inspiration to want to kind of take on the world in volleyball, just in life. Um, as I figured things out, I think I learned how to relax because I had to. Yeah. Um, and kind of coming into beautiful environments, coming into places where I could really do what my dream was and, and whether I was involved with volleyball or wellness or just, you know, supporting Hawaii. I mean, I did go to school out here and, and learned a lot about local politics and local environment, that kind of stuff. So the things I was most passionate about became things like Hawaii and beach volleyball. And so those, those are just, it, like I said, it's what I most needed to do. Um, I, I always, everyone in Hawaii asks where you're from once in a while, I go Sachem high school. And they go, where's that? You know, try to, <laughs> New York is not from here. So <laughs> I, I am from New York. I'm proud of that. But yeah, I'm grateful to kind of have the Hawaiian heart going and just this, this place is welcome me and people like Tri's dad, like Outrigger, the Crab family, other so many others that have made it easy or easier to be here and get to do what we do. So I feel grateful for that. For uh, so, I mean, for our listeners, I mean, Evan's uh, an assistant coach at Hawaii. Do you think that you could kind of give us a run of how you got to Hawaii? Just a, l- a little bit of a background, because like we discovered that you're from New York, went to school out in Hawaii. But how did you end up kind of making it a, a full time thing? And obviously, like you, you love Hawaii. I mean, yeah. and how can you not? But yeah, it's it's a good question. You know, like when I was playing against all of Try and. Trevor and Taylor, and they were all developing in high school into early college. I was in school. I was in law school here. So I really was on a path and I wanted to serve in the Hawaiian community. I wanted to figure out things to do that weren't really tourist-based so I could, you know, and that's inspired me for school. Um, so that, it also kind of scratched the itch for volleyball. I was like, this is great. I can go to school and play tournaments and train. And it kind of like bounced out my lifestyle, even when I was in school. Um, so that really gave me the dose of what, how much, what Hawaii volleyball was really all about at that time in my life. Um, and I did practice for several years in law. And what happened was, I guess I, I saw the writing on the wall that was happening with NCAA volleyball. And I was like, man, I'd love to go back and coach. That would be, the, that's really what would be my dream now. And so I started looking and it, the way it turned out, I just ended up leaving my practice after a couple of years on the big Island and came back and did some coaching with Kevin Wong and his summer stuff here on Oahu. And it was the beginning of my coaching career in earnest. And that was probably in 2012 when he was doing the Olympics and it was his first Olympics in 2012. So we were running all the stuff here and I just got inspired as what I wanted to do. And that ended up parlaying me all the way back to the Bay area because that the gig with Kevin, the winter came and I had to kind of do other stuff. Um, and I ended up in the Bay Area where my family's at. And as part of that, I started coaching as a volunteer at the University of San Francisco with uh, Gilad, who's now at Dartmouth, and Aal. Aal's another guy that we played with so much out here. Zemet, oh. Dr. Z, the Zorro. He, uh, he's a good player, man. He was really fun um, to play against. And we were friends. So he got me in as a volunteer assistant at, at USF, like 2013, 2014. And with a guy named Dancer Styles, I, I opened up a beach volleyball club in Marin and got that going for a few years. It's still happening now, Bay Area, juniors volleyball, and just kind of got that part moving. And then when Hawaii, when Scotty Wong went over to Pepperdine, uh, Shoji called Jeff Hall, uh, the head coach now on the beach, and said, did you want to come over from the men's side? 
team. Jeff was coaching with Charlie Wade. Jeff's actually coached on the men's side, the women's side, and now also on the beach. So he kind of switched over um, from men's volleyball to beach volleyball. And the first thing he did after that call was call me. <laughs> That's awesome. And he said, Evan, I got a job for you. Let's go. <laughs> and I said, all right, here we go, Bose. Um, and that's been <laughs> six years. It's been a good run um, since then. And the whole game has changed. We went from ABCA to NCAA. Um, we've celebrated all Americans, you know, some, we made Sunday at NCAAs a couple of times. We're close. We're still shooting for it, but it's been some really deep fun runs in Alabama and big West championships. And uh, it's been great. So that's, I got a lot of reason to be happy about <laughs> being out here because we've had success and I get to do what it is that I really love to do. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's such a cool story. You went from like practicing law and then I assume your first step with San Francisco was, was a volunteer or were you uh, coaching wise was a volunteer. Yeah. Okay. Just the two. And they started that little West coast conference. Yeah. So it all was the assistant on indoor. So I was a volunteer. Um, and that's when I was kind of doing the yoga hustle too. I kind of nice. had so I started coaching. I started actually teaching stand-up paddle yoga. I remember that. <laughs> That's awesome. Three years, uh, that was the, the reality was hustling, paddle yoga, paddling, yoga, coaching the club um, in Marin, um, which was a, was a fun labor. And we started going. Santa Cruz was just blowing up with juniors. And that was, it was that moment when in juniors, California was just... I mean, it, it's it, the saddest thing about this year for beach volleyball is the youth taking the break because the momentum has been unbelievable. Yeah. So each one of those years, we saw it even up there in NorCal a lot where it kind of just, I was like, I got to be a part of this. So um, I just kept going in the, in the, in the passion zone and survival zone. And now I'm out here still in the passion and survival zone. <laughs> I get to do it in Hawaii. Seems like a good place to live. Yeah, it's a really nice place to live. So um, you know that, and we're in my. I live in the valley in Manoa, and I got my electric bike. I get to commute down to campus and get to I the see the rainbows. Campus. Documenting yeah. the rainbows coming through the valley. A lot of bows in the valley for sure. Makes sense. It's because I know you're so obviously so into like you know mindfulness yoga all that great stuff and stuff that I've also gotten into over the last few years are you implementing that at all because I mean mindfulness alone is is becoming so big in sports uh, I got a, any high level programs implementing it to some level or to some, some extent are you kind of uh, doing that with your girls out there in Hawaii yeah they're good questions and you know, there's different ranges of it where it can access. Mindfulness is probably one of the, you know, it's complex, but it's easy to broach in some ways because everyone understands, like you said, it's such a big part of the game. People want to figure out what's going on. Uh, over the years, sometimes it's been, each group is different relative to their receptivity. You mm -hmm. know, I, implementing something against the collective will of the, of the women that we coach is not uh, something that I get <laughs> to involved in very often but suggesting things that um that can work um and then taking you know leading people further down that road so things like visualizations a lot of pre-game day visualizations things like that i'll do little recordings and kind of like get them into their ear as we go and it might be something simple like just walking themselves through like a beautiful side out in the game and then right. watching, you know, the last point happen and they go to celebrate and they feel that feeling of joy and elation. So it tends to be brief and not like too, too 
um, loaded of an exercise, but I try and make it accessible where even those that maybe are not as sort of steeped and ready to want to take that on are at least like open to hearing it. So I try to open the door for them with stuff like that. And so that's an example of some stuff we've done that I think is, is useful and just a lot of imaging and languaging. How do we, how do we build our language in the program, how we talk to each other, um, how we message each other, things like that. So I try and lift it up, um, send them positive inspiration also just to keep their, their minds focused on, you know, they're just their highest. We have a lot of really motivated <laughs> student athletes. So uh, it's up to me to kind of meet them at their inspiration a lot of the time. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a super good uh, just way to go about it. coaching is, is like seeing what they're receptive to. You know, I, I've had coaches who are really good at that and also coaches who are trying to kind of push what they think all the time rather than kind of customizing it to who you are and, and you know, where you're at in in your career and all that. So I think that's pretty cool that you're like, even though it's like fully your thing and you probably apply it when you're playing and, and see benefits, it's more like, how can, how can I apply some of this to you guys? And, you know, yeah, maybe one person wants 90% of it, but the other one needs like 10. Yeah, it, it really is true. And that's, that's kind of more the art side of coaching. Um, where it's relating, relating to, you know, the athlete and finding a way to help them get to their potential. And it's, it's, it's rife with <laughs> trial and error at times, for sure. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, good intention, consistency, um, respect, um, when those values are like infused in the communications, it, it tends to find a way to, to, to kind of help lead people further, even if mistakes get made as we, as we figure it out. For sure. I feel like as, as an athlete, it's probably pretty easy to respond to you because you know the old saying you know that um gosh i forget what the exact wording is but that you know they won't really listen until they know how much you care or that they won't care how much you know until they know how much you care type thing but you're so passionate about it and it's like it'd be impossible to miss it so i feel like you probably have a do a really good job of of relating with the girls early on where it's not like a contentious coach player relationship where like i'm telling you to do this it's just like hey like here's what I'm feeling. You can try it if you want. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Do you feel like you can kind of strike up a quick rapport with, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a great observation and building that rapport, Travis. I mean, as you guys know, is like a, is a critical piece. It, it's a learning process for me also. And I do believe that initial rapport is, is often found there. Developing rapport takes, I think, a range of techniques. It's always going to, you know, there's also, you know, discipline and there's also sometimes tough love and there's also other pieces that go in. But yeah, not, the players always know that I care. Um, and I think it's a good foundation for wanting to give feedback and learning the types of feedback systems that work better for, you know, some student athletes really want to get grinded um, and need to hear it every moment. Others need it in breaks. Others need it at, you know, over video or in a timeout. So learning like communication styles uh, and systems definitely, you know, takes some time, but it's, it's definitely valuable and it's been useful for me. Um, and obviously I coach, I've coached with Danny, I coach with Jeff and um, you know, we have Ari now too, as a former player. So having other coaches to coach with too, I think sometimes that you trust and that can do a good job um, frees us up to kind of play different hats um, at times too. So when you're by yourself, it's, it's a little harder because you got to do all. But if you have a staff and there's a bunch of people, then it, it gives us more, more opportunities to kind of build on our strengths. For yeah. sure. And I got to uh, see a lot of that firsthand over the years. Cause I mean, 
we come back to Hawaii and we always call up Evan. Can you get us in at UH? Yeah. Sometimes it's like, can you run our practice? And so we're giving you the full keys to the car. And then other practices, we have Jose's there, right? Like, so this last offseason, Jose's here and Evan still shows up for us, but he's sitting there listening to Jose and letting, you know, helping him run his practice. And then we have you just randomly jump, we throw you into the fire and have you sit in our box at AVP a team that you like, you know, you know us well, but you haven't been at our practices all year up here in California. And you, uh, you know, kind of morphed into that position well and just kind of gave us what we needed. You you threw out stuff for us to take or leave and you were kind of good with it. And yeah, I mean, that's a huge skill being able to tap like that. Yeah, it, 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 uh, malleability, but I'll, I'll note those Jose practices, you know, I, I, it's awesome for me because I want to learn, you know, so I love to coach, but it's like, if this is what he's doing, I can be there and figure that out and also be able to get his rhythm, which is definitely, you know, fast and intense. And it was mm-hmm. fun to see some of that, Brazilian, <laughs> you know, Brazilian fully. Um, so it's fun to see that and see how that's working for you guys and things I can add to my style and compliment from him and, yeah, getting in the box with you guys. I mean, that's, that's like a dream. It's, it's so fun to be in that stage with you guys um, and watching your development and get to be in these big moments with you. And we didn't know what we were doing on defense. We beat Phil. It was good. We made the semi. Um, We, we beat Phil and Nick. We made a semi, which was, you know, we, we handled business. It was third at home. So um, it it wasn't the win we were going for, but uh, the the third place um, felt pretty good on some of the wins on main court. And um, it's fun to see the pace of the game, you know, keep developing. Um, the men's game just keeps getting higher and faster and quicker. And it's it's harder to coach in some ways um, than women just because the speed is different and what we can see, the ability to really see things. Um, and, and as the women's game, just it's just more technical um, and a little bit less explosive. Not to say that it's not explosive because it is. Um, right. It's the men's game is fun, but it's moving fast. Uh, the women's yeah. game is fun, and it's just a little more strategic. So maybe more room for coaching there. Yeah, for sure. Dude, not not a bad start to your pro coaching career, beating Phil in the debut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that ain't bad, Ev. Yeah, I got a couple of W's on him playing too. Also, so I like to make sure that we never play again. So <laughs> all the way back to like 03, 02. So I got a couple in there too, and I'm just grateful that we don't. He doesn't come to dinosaur um, <laughs> partner, then he can call me for sure. But um, hopefully, uh, I don't have to run into him again. I'll take the W's all the way for a while. Dude, Phil would be. I mean, he's got the age factor now, and yeah. he's still a giant. Well, Phil, if you need a local guy here on Oahu, you let me know. I'll be ready. Yeah, what's the age? 80? You guys are clear. I'm going to be old. Oh, that'd be a joke. Yeah, what up? How old are you, F? Uh, I mean, if, if you're trying uh, to put a dino team together. 44. So if people are out there looking, I am local. The only issue is that uh, we are always, uh, we're always in season. So we missed the hosting. So the last, I played a couple of years. Um, I played with Krabby actually a couple of years back when it was on Oahu. Um, and then my buddy Kenny, um, we went over to Kauai once, but ever since like five, six, once I started coaching at UH, sadly, I've had to been out. Eventually I'll get old enough to retire. Then I'll go and I'll be really old. <laughs> get a really me, and you, me and you, Evan. Yeah. Try, I'll be ready for try when, he, when we're both retiring. It'd be great. Thank, 
I'm 31 this weekend, so oh, we're, getting, we're getting close. A couple more years, man. That's a dream come true. <laughs> I'll put the math. So 31 and 44, we need like maybe three more years. So like, how about after 2024, after the Olympics or something like that? Well, I would love to. We got. Uh, I haven't been able to play in the dyno. Never played. All right, I'm on the list, man. That's a dream. So we'll we'll get that one done for sure. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you happen to be listening to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerter, we hope you are keeping you uh, slightly entertained during these strange quarantine times during the coronavirus, but we just wanted to uh, put out a message that we hope that you are staying sane, staying fit, staying healthy, and uh, staying safe here over these next couple months. Hopefully that the coronavirus passes soon enough and we're all back to our normal lives, but here is just a, a get well message from Sandcast and now we move on to our sponsors who keep the show moving on and uh, we love Wilson. Wilson makes the best ball in the game. They came out with this new brand new really cool looking ball the optics which has spin detection technology so we can all pass that jump serve which lord knows I needed and to get discounted rates on the balls which we will all need as we're going to enter preseason again here whenever this lockdown ends. We all need brand new preseason balls to get us ready for the 2020 beach volleyball season. The discount code is Wilson sand for discount on all equipment at wilson volleyball which makes the best balls in the game a big big thanks to our next sponsor pacific coast wealth management who's a big supporter of the laguna beach open and just the beach volleyball community in general they help athletes know where to put their prize money from either retirement to 401ks to iras and if you're not a beach volleyball player they can help you with college savings they can help you with all the money management you need they have incredible tools and resources at their website pacificoastwealthmanagement.com so hit them up today and learn how to best use your money over the course of the season hawaii's got some iconic tournaments i mean the the dino is a bucket lister i feel like for pretty much everyone i've heard legends about this daddy hayne foreman um and then we had the now the avp stopping there a lot of times um what i'm really curious like with the with how big hawaii beach volleyball culture is there weren't that many fans at the actual event like sunday ended up being crowded um but why do you think it was like a little bit on the emptier side because i was surprised i was expecting like the place to be mobbed was it just like a weird location I mean, we're in Waikiki and it's not really like a local spot unless you're really going for something. So the tourists tend to take over the immediate area. Okay. Uh, What we deal with here is that a lot of the great, uh, you know, fans that come over to Stan Sheriff, a lot of them are more like Kapuna, they're seniors, elders. And so it's hard to get people down to the beach. It's a big load. They got to get all their stuff and get all the way down. So it is want to make lays and yeah, yeah. And everything. So, um, I think that's a little bit part of it. Um, also, and you know, different days, different moments, it'll really fill in at Waikiki where it is a kind of mix of tourists and locals visiting teams. We tend to get a lot of visiting families that will come also. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not the huge, um, doesn't I don't think it meets the AVP crowds and stuff like that. But even over there, I think that maybe is what you're noting. It's hard to get people behind, you know, you know, Hilton Hawaiian Village. It's it's not that easy of a place for locals to access always. And they're doing other stuff on the weekend or the kids are busy and you know, people working free jobs and just kind of doing Hawaii stuff. I feel like the the Hawaii fan base, it's like Hawaii doesn't have a professional sports team. So the University of Hawaii is everything for us. And 
they they want to go and cheer on the university you know and like the the teams that are representing them specifically and i mean beach we're you know we kind of represent those teams us hawaii boys but we're there what once a year they don't and like not in the news that much and I just feel like people don't really connect to beach volleyball quite like they do. I'm mean, definitely don't like they do to universe. Like if UH has a big win, men or women indoor, that's the front page of the paper. Yeah. For us, we got to go like maybe win the Olympics to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think try, you've got a good beat on it right there. Um, you know, because you've represented it, you know, as someone who came from here and as someone who's away, but also represents it. Indoor definitely sort of rules the mind um, over here, the collective fan. People do love UH. They definitely love beach volleyball, um, but they're just not as sort of in it. We don't get the nightly TV. We might do one or two broadcasts a year, and people really celebrate those when they do come. Um, and then if we make usually our runs in the conference championship in Alabama, people really like that because it's on ESPN and they can watch it on TV. So I think viewership for that kind of thing, when we can get the times right, actually comes up quite a bit because people can watch it on the AC and it's Hawaii representing in Alabama. So our local like TV rep is kind of in some ways better than, you know, the live down at the beach, Trav, because they just, uh, folks, it's a little harder to get and stay at the beach uh, for, I think, for some of our community. And, um, but it's also on us. I think it's, a, it's an area over time that um, I want to get high school going out here in Hawaii. I think it's a big deal. Um, to get there and we got some private schools that are always kind of maybe talking a little bit but if we could even get it in public schools it'd be amazing and I think that would be a great big groundswell for a lot of the indoor coaches that their kids play and they start playing beach and they see it a little bit more at that level so hopefully we can you know build some youth sport Um, we got great clubs going but hopefully high school someday that that would help boys especially here I mean how cool would that be um, yeah. Boys High School Beach Volleyball in Hawaii would be the best thing to ever happen to USA Volleyball. That's what I think. Um, <laughs> serious. You know, yeah, no, you guys, look at it. Um, when you look at the guys who came out of Hawaii. You're not kidding. <laughs> real thing. And, and, and try knows there's plenty of athletes that have oh. passed, like done other stuff. Like there's these guys are the studs, you know, and there's I mean, you watch a lot of local kids sometimes that are just phenomenal. Um, that, you know, either go to indoor or they go to football or they do other things. But, you know, if we had high school volleyball here for boys, um, I think it'd be a really exciting uh, long-term thing um, in our state to, to grow to grow some of the knowledge base for beach volleyball um, particularly. Yeah. And the, the talent does, does, didn't end with us. Like there's definitely some serious talent uh, in these kids that uh, are there right now. I think probably like you know, the Haynes and, and that whole uh, crew, they're all, what, juniors, seniors in high school now? Some of them are coming up right now. Noah's probably getting pretty close to his senior. Riley's a little bit younger. I get to coach those guys. It's the fun part of my job is I get to coach kind of try, and then in the same tournament I'm coaching the little Haynes at ADP juniors. And- yeah, and they're like the kids that were, were up at Outrigger, like up in the stands, like four or five years old, like, yeah, go. <laughs> yeah yeah and there's others you know there's definitely others that are coming up um so you know those guys oh, yeah. and others they they get hungry about it and now really i get to coach in the in the in the girls program um with leah young and um it's it's pretty awesome to watch what's developed down there on the women's side it's a new thing and i think it's a new thing for outrigger maybe in the last five plus years 
Uh, but it's pretty exciting um, to watch some of the, the, the student athletes, the potential student athletes going up and out and having great experiences at the next level also. So it's fun to watch the girls um, yeah. get also. That's something else I always think about is like, when are we going to get, it, it's so interesting how many guys we've gotten on the beach and, and there's been so many great indoor women's volleyball players, but, but we haven't really had uh, besides Leah or since Leah, we haven't really had any girls consistently coming out to the pro tour. And I always yeah. wonder why that's the case. Yeah, I think uh, scholarships have a lot to do with it on the indoor side because here we don't really have year-round beach because there's no high school and because kids are really committed to the club stuff. And they've been going for a while. They're invested. And the ones that are good enough end up being liberos or setters or the couple outside hitters, you know, that Adora Anai from Utah. I mean, just beautiful volleyball players um, that have come up and out. And, they, and I think they go, they gravitate more towards indoor like you said, it's more what's on on kind of the menu here for people. So on the women's side, we have a lot of, you know, Olympians that have gone there, all Americans that have kind of spread out, um, but less in the beach, but hopefully more and more. I think we're, we're seeing some, 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 you know, the girls that are the product of this last couple of year generation start to get some beach only opportunities. Um, and that's, I think, pretty cool. Hopefully we'll have a couple, you know, go up the ranks. I would love to see uh a Hawaii girl step into the players' tent here pretty soon at a at a pro event. Yeah, for now uh, we get to celebrate the UH ones. We got some pretty good ones coming off. Uh, sure. Hanging out with you guys now, so those people really sell, try. You know, people will celebrate. You know, anyone who's got a Hawaii tie. So yeah. Katie Feeler is like people. People know Katie. No one's 100%. ever forgotten. So I mean, and Carissa Cook, she was only here one year, but left a big mark, and you know, so. Brittany Teagues, um, Britt is, you know, one and only Brittany Teagues. Um, she's, she's fun to coach. Um, so um, lots of different players doing different things that, you know, have come through our program. And I think that's probably, uh, you know, the closest to the pro tour from Hawaii. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Amy Ozzy making a couple main draws here soon. And she's, she's Hawaii native, right? Yes. Amy okay. is Seabury Hall, Maui. Um, okay. and she's a highly motivated young woman um, that has, you know, tremendous athleticism and drive and um, just put so much into our program. So, yeah, I think she's she's on her way up. And there, you know, there's a few others um, that are that are on their way out um, right now. We sadly we lost uh, Julia over to SC, but I think yeah. Yeah, you're her make an impression like not many um, have seen before, ultimately before she's done and. Uh, Morgan Martin was four years here as an All-American also, and she's gotten a couple of, of AVPs even in high school. So yeah. I think she's probably on her way up also. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, Maya Hanneman too. I mean, she was balling with Julia earlier this wow. year. I wouldn't be surprised to see her <laughs> making a couple yeah. too. The family blood is strong. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, we're grateful. We recruit sometimes on pieces like that, you know, uh, yeah. uh, I'll be played here. Um, Mufi's here. Um, you know, we've got connections to Hanneman's here that go deep. And so it's fun to bring legacies back and give those, um, those players, those people, those student athletes, the chance to shine. And those are people that sometimes try knows will captivate the imagination in Hawaii is like when, when a player can start to do something really special um, people notice, um, and then, and that gets celebrated also too. So whether it's Maya or someone else, we're, we're excited for what they, what they can do. 
Yeah, I always feel, I always think back, you know, I, I'm super grateful for my path, but I'm all, I always think back like, man, if, if UH would have recruited me more or the right way, it would have been fun to stay home and play and represent your home state. Cause I mean, you get taken in there by the whole state. It's not just the university. Um, obviously I'm super grateful and I learned so much lessons going to a big university like USC and you do get a little, I not, not in fever. Like I never wanted to leave Hawaii, but you're like, I got to go experience this thing. This, you know, this college life at this big university, but man, I always think about it. Like if I, if I could have stayed home and played for UH, there's yeah. just like this, this cultural tie that, that happens there that I feel like is unmatched by any other. Yeah. It's hard for me to believe that any other uh, school or state can really match that in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You got a great beat on it. You know, I know, you know, your dad was a football player there at UH. I'm sure you've yeah. been proud to see that happen, but. Stan Sheriff is magic and, you know, the fans of Hawaii and just, I think your point on. And so we're, we're grateful for those, you know, those that do come and do it. Yeah, you know, you would have been pretty amazing for sure um, to, to be here. But, you know, as you said, a lot of the top, you know, athletes or just, um, you know, volleyball players often end up wanting to um, take off and get that new experience. So, you know, we're grateful for someone like Amy who stayed home um, and made it great here. So that makes it kind of neat when kids do stay home, but we wish the local ones that go away, you know, they're, they're our next favorite after the bows. We always <laughs> love them too. Um, you know, sometimes yeah. come back and play grad school years also too. Like a Carly, Carly Khan is another one that's going to come up if, yeah. if it, this gets back because she's really fantastic. And she played Missouri for indoor was a girl that, you know, we played some beach when we were young, but not, you know, when she was younger, but not a ton. Um, and then she came back and she had two seasons. She was fantastic. Um, so I think um, it's always good to let the, let them fly and then come back. They can play their grad school with us. That's good too. Oh, I wish I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. We wish we had <laughs> volleyball for guys. I would have been sick. Come back for my fifth year. That would have been perfect. Yeah. That would have been the perfect way to kick off my beach volleyball that, career. That's the way the girls get to do it. So um, there are, um, you know, we've had that before with some local ones, and hopefully we'll have that again in the future. It's a, it's a neat thing for I think for everybody. Can you imagine if we had men's uh, <laughs> when I, when like we were in college, me and Riley out there, and oh yeah. man, it would have been so fun. The, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of uh, people didn't get the experience that we got growing up, like playing in these tournaments you're talking about. Like I still, I still think my win at the Daddy Hain when I was in like, I want to say junior or senior in high school, that's still like the biggest win in my career. <laughs> Just in terms of like, I won like a huge tournament with everyone I look up to. And it kind of gave me the confidence to take the next step. And then that step gave me the confidence for the next one. So it was like a huge foundational win for me. Yep. Yep. You stay on the wall there for forever now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now Trevor's on there. Riley, Maddie, they're all on there. So I'm like, damn it. You got to yeah, one up them. And now Trevor's on the pier. So that's like. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different story. Yeah. We're never going to hear the end of that. No one is. <laughs> I will hear that one forever. <laughs> um, Ev, I mean, how much have you seen? Because you, like you mentioned, you've been with Hawaii since uh, 2014, right? 
Uh, yeah, I think we started my first competition season in 2015. Okay. Um, but how much have you seen that grad transfer rule change things? Cause now, you know, you may, like you mentioned Julius Skulls going with SC. I mean, that's a huge get for Dane over there. Cause like, you know, a pretty young team over there. And now he gets this veteran with this just cannon of a jump serve. And I'm sure you guys have probably picked up a few, um, but, oh, yeah. but teams are like, it completely alters the landscape. Um, the way that, you know, when teams it really can pick does. it really does. Julia's different in that she's a beach transfer grad, but this year particularly kind of threw that up for a lot of others. I think, uh, you know, Lynn Dahl from Cal went to LMU yeah. movement, you know, within beach to beach, Tori went to Florida state. So there's changes this year that we haven't seen. That's all brand new. And that's yeah. partly because of what just happened with COVID and the rest. Uh, with grads generally, I mean, we had Carissa Cook. I mean, that's a pretty bad one um, <laughs> to start off. And we've had others come through. Like I mentioned, Carly, I think, was a big success. And Hawaii has always kind of been second chance you for a lot of people. We get transfers. We can get grads. It, uh, athletes get a little more mature. They're recruiting philosophy about what they need or want changes. Hawaii becomes very attractive to a lot of people. Um, so we've been able to have success um, Heather Boyan, I know some of you guys may know with her, she does uh, like FCS and um, yeah. fellowship Christian athletes. And she's just a tremendous student athlete from Western Kentucky that came over and she enriched us with her volleyball and her character, you know, so we, with the grads, you get um, maturity and experience. We had Fitterer from Michigan State and they bring all of this rich, um, you know, really high level indoor experience over and it helps because sometimes the beach you know girls the freshmen that are young and they're just kind of developing to have that kind of maturity and that kind of like go for it attitude that indoor brings at a collegiate level especially um it helps with intensity and it helps with maturity so and then just results getting players that can play at a high level yeah. once you kind of train properly to the beach Brittany howard um, I think is one of the biggest ones from Pepperdine. Yeah. Probably the bigger grad impact players. Um, she came and played at two with a pep team that made a good run. And it was just, she, you could just tell she was going to be great from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, she really, Brittany hadn't really played much beach at all. And then the first time I saw her play, she played in uh, the US, the USA event with uh, the collegiate beach championships with Corinne Quiggle. Oh, yeah, and they were up like six, one on Sarah Hughes and Kelly Clays. And I was like, I thought these girls were like untouchable. And then, you know, Brittany Howard just bombing away. It's like, damn. Yeah, no, that was, that was a good team. We played a lot against both Quiggle uh, and Howard and obviously a lot versus Hughes. I think we brought Sarah and Kelly. They, the SC came here five times. We played them five times in one year. Um, we lost um, all, we got a bunch of points, but we lost all the duels, yeah. but that was kind of how they would go. They'd cat and mouse people um, at that time. And, you know, they would make runs, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that Sarah and Kelly persevered um, at the end of that one. Um, but Quiggle and Howard was a, was a really good team and yeah. Howard could jump and Quiggle was the only, was right side on the two ball a little bit more than uh, I was used to. I still remember that, but we eventually tried to figure that out, but yeah, great players and, you know, great impact. Me and, uh, me and Tri were like just talking about this the other night um, that, I mean, obviously Sarah and Kelly were and are incredibly talented but do you think that the college game is too deep to see a team dominate quite like that again? Cause what they did was they won like a hundred and what three matches in a row. Yeah. It's insane. 
really good, you know, and I think they're at a stage in the development of the game where they maybe had a little bit of that upper edge on physicality. Um, they had the benefit of a lot of, of some USA summers that, that went together. So they're, they have two athletes that were playing in concert with each other at such a high level. Um, hard to say, but, you know, I, I think domination is possible with recruiting, um, and when pressure comes up, when you build teams um, and you have teams around them, that was Sarah and Kelly were made strong by Nicolette at three. They were made yeah. strong by Sophie and Alexa at two. They were made strong all over that lineup. So, and that gave they, or their confidence kind of led down, you know? So I think a dominant pair would probably have to come from a dominant program. Um, like because that. otherwise so much pressure to be so great on top someone's going to figure out because all they got to do is recruit all they have to do is scout at one because the only place you're really dangerous is there but when you have five deep and you're like people are like throwing in the towel versus clays and hughes after a while it was it got a little messy um with people were moving teams and all the rest you'd see it because they just they kind of knew what was coming so it was it was uh it was a juggernaut and i think if there was a juggernaut program which will be difficult um, then maybe you could see a juggernaut one, but not, not currently. I mean, everyone was losing last year, Trav. I mean, yeah. one's court in Hawaii, everyone beat each other last year pretty fast. So the, it, it's getting more even, I think you're, you're, you're on point with it even, but yeah, I wouldn't rule it out that a team could come in and dominate maybe a grad like you're talking about. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I don't want to say, but I don't want to play a Harvard and Skulls or something like that. And, and <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a really good team, um, you know, so there's and there's others with that level, maybe of athleticism and graduate level. They're 22, 23 year olds that are ready, but you only get one year that way. So um, at least it's only going to last for a while. Right. <laughs> Dude, you guys, uh, I, I missed the Hawaii event this year, but that was an awesome event. I mean, you guys yeah. had you, UCLA, LSU, just like beating the crap out of each other the whole yeah, time. Yeah, we and- did. We did. <laughs> Stanford was there too. I just got a yep. note from uh, Coach Fuller saying he felt like it was the national championship out there. It was the energy was so high. So the way the season turned, it kind of had that kind of feeling to it. Uh, so yeah, we Queens Beach Tribe knows is we are proud of our home events, um, you know, and what we can put together with teams out there, with athletes out there. The players, most of the top players on the AVP tour now um, have played there, you know, Kelly Larson and Sarah Sponsel and and Hughes and they've all come through so it's neat to have that kind of history for the Sambos um to have played against all the you know the emerging greats um that because we get to play them in college so it's pretty yeah fun. and you guys packed it too you, you brought a lot of fans out there at Queens uh the year yeah. that I was there it was fun to watch yeah, it, um, it's, it's fun down there, you know, and it's, uh, that Duke tournament, we try and celebrate the, uh, the Duke tournament is our opening one every year. So Duke Kahanamoku, who's Olympic swimmer for Hawaii and he's just this great legend. So he was also a volleyball player, a beach volleyball player. So we, we named our first tournament after, after Duke and we're, we're grateful for him and it's just fun to kind of get that aloha going. We still give awards, but the only ones doing that, I think so. <laughs> Danny and I get together or now Ari and I get together and we start, you know, polling and figuring out who's going to be the best blocker. We gave Sponsel best attacker one year. She was slamming balls when she was a freshman. She was running to the net with Betsy as a freshman. Sarah oh, and she was at LMU. Block at LMU with Betsy in the back. It's a good um, team. <laughs> that was probably five years ago, six years ago. So they made a nice run in ABCA too, but yeah, just fun memories like that. And, you know, yeah, good, uh, good fun. Loja style Queens beach. 
Yeah, it's a good tournament. I was actually uh, I was I practiced with Katie Spieler this morning, and oh. she she brought something up that uh, I got to ask you about. She brought up uh, Evan's uh, vegan van. Oh, the vegan. <laughs> yeah, Katie was uh, was amongst a group that were turning. This is part of like Travis asking earlier about mindfulness, nutrition. Yeah. Pushing nutrition is a really challenging one on, you know, on college age women, they come from different backgrounds, different socioeconomics, different performance perspectives. Um, so finding the right spot um, is, is something. And then we always kind of ended up with names for our vans. Sometimes there's a playful thing. And Katie made the transition over into the vegan Wagen because we were just <laughs> in and, um, we had a German on the team at that time. So it had kind of a, she was vegetarian. So we, we came up with a playful name to um, get it. And Katie was in on it. She was, she was eating good. And, you know, Katie was fun. She was great in her senior year watching her um, play, but just mature even as an adult um, into her personality and into her freedom. And it was, it was fun to kind of watch her and guide her on some of those steps. She's, she's, she's one of a kind in our yeah. program. I bet her and Maglio were a, pretty fun team to have oh yeah it was fun yeah you should ask katie about when we tried to talk her into doing it she wasn't so sure yet about no. max but she <laughs> max in the long run so i said katie this is like your phil you know i was like this yeah. is phil i'm telling you she's like ah and i'm like katie like, we're gonna do this and then once uh once it started and maglio's effort and her length and uh just her humility um really combined well with katie and they, they played some really fun volleyball yeah and for reference sake for the listeners who don't know Emily Maglio she's like what six four jumps really well handsets butter was unreal yeah. on the indoor team is going to the Olympics for Canada I think I I don't you know um all that except handsetting butter I don't know Maglio Travis is talking you up but dude uh, the first time know. I saw her she was just dishing I was like who is this yeah. girl now, she's got some soft hands and she's one of the best um, blocking athletes that I've ever seen at the beach. She has, she can create angles that are definitely international level blocking. Um, and so she's on the indoor team. She made the transition. She came back and played a fifth year with us, um, which was awesome from indoor. Another kind of grad story, but she was in-house grad. She stayed her fifth and played, um, did halftime Canadian national team indoor, came back, played with us in the spring went back to Canadian national team and is now, yeah, thriving. I, you know better than I do, Trav, whether they're on the, the, the course to the Olympics. I'm not sure if they qualify, but she's definitely on the national team and, and getting great repetition there. Hopefully someday she'll transition to the beach and play with Canada, um, you know, maybe after an indoor Olympic cycle. But, yeah, really tremendous athlete, and just hardworking and humble um, and just really powerful um, legs, really strong and long, fun to coach. Not a bad uh, national team to be joining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always thought that maybe um, one of the days will come. Maybe one of the McNamara's, you know, will will break off and grab Maglio. I thought that might be a really right. great team in the long run. Good, good team. Uh, but maybe after this cycle, I know the sisters have a lot of great success. We got to play against them a lot. Um, so I watch them a lot. I have so much respect for their games, but it'd be fun to see one of them get next to Maglio and use their beach savvy to improve her and her user length at the net to kind of highlight their, their stuff. I think that's uh that's my team Canada pick for uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's a ton of Canadians playing really well at the college level. Like our, I feel like the, the U S college pipeline is just like the Canadian national team training center. 
Yeah, <laughs> they're doing well on our scholarships for sure. <laughs> um, you know, and we we've done it. We've built the pipeline here. We've had success um, with some um, others. It, it's not always a great fit. They got to find what they need. But yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, you know, Bukovic had a great career at SC, um, and I think she went right up. Um, she's probably next in line in the FIVB behind some of the top, top girls um, that, or women that they have um, now. But yeah, others in college now that are, that are pretty good. They're going to be good. Canadians over in Toronto. Yeah. yeah they do what, uh, you guys had Leah Monkhouse too, right? And she's, she's Canadian? Monkey is Canadian. Yeah, another one okay. from Toronto. Um, the Toronto athletes particularly are, I think, really motivated. Um, because the the training center is there, um, yeah. so it's spilled off in their community, and they had all the old school guys built it up there. I went, I played a pro tournament in Toronto in like '98 or '90s. Nice. He's, you know, some of those guys, you know, John Child, and you know, some of the old school guys have been really big in Toronto volleyball, and that's kind of how they got it going as their national circuit. I think that the legacy of Child and Heath lived on in Toronto. Um, and made it a big imprint so that the the young kids coming from there are really motivated to beach volleyball magley is from bc i think the max are from bc so those yeah. are West athletes uh we have uh we had monk house and she she had a great she won 34 games with us here <laughs> um so she had a great year here and she's gonna you know, have a good career at ucla and we've got a couple actually coming in right now from toronto um, that are NLI'd, um, that are pretty exciting. So um, it's it's going to be fun to see some new Canadians, uh, Sambo's coming up this year. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's got to be so cool for you as a coach just to watch all these athletes. I mean, you mentioned that all the stars of the pros today have come through Queens, but you guys have produced a lot of stars of your own. It's got to be cool for you to just watch them go on and to have tremendous careers. And I think, I mean, you mentioned Morgan Martin's probably well on her way, I, I think, to that stratosphere too. Oh yeah. Morgan is a fierce competitor. Um, and she, she really knows the craft and the art of beach volleyball. She has a really kind of weird ball and can do a really nice job using the whole court, um, offensively her vision and her tap downs all over the court, I think will translate and her blocking got really good this year. Um, so, I mean, she, it's been good, but she put time in it. She can really, um, hone her focus in ways that even pushed us as coaches to kind of keep up with how much she wanted to do, um, but her blocking really blossomed. So yeah, I think she's on her way up and, you know, hopefully more, more to follow in the long run, getting there and making big dents on the pro tour. And then the guys, I mean, for me, I get to be a witness to all of it. I stay here. Everyone comes through come <laughs> up, and I just kind of just get to celebrate their success. It's a strategy for long-term success. Be around great people. Yeah. You got what you ever thought about? Here? What's that track? I would say you got one of your Hawaii boys uh, right here on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I feel grateful for those. Uh, it's part of the coaching style too, is a relationship development and wanting to, you know, see things beyond, you know, there, the things take different shapes sometimes after, you know, you grow up in a certain way and then it looks different when you grow up or you graduate from college. It's been fun to keep up with Katie and I've coached Katie and Carissa together. I've coached Carissa last year a little bit when she came to Hawaii. So people that I've gotten to work with and kind of continuing those relationships is, uh, that feels like a gift to me. I feel fun to stay at the edge of the game like that. And I wish I could do it full time on pro too, but it just doesn't work in Hawaii. So it's fun just to kind of stay around the edges of it um, and, you know, do what I can from there. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, what, what, have you ever thought about doing pro and what would happen if a, if a team came and, 
asked you to help them beyond college. Obviously, I know it's very difficult from Hawaii. Yeah, you know, um, it's a good question. It's definitely one I've looked at. Um, I think this last year after working with you guys and seeing some of what I saw, I was excited about maybe looking into that after this cycle. I think everything kind of slows down now after. So um, I stay open. I mean, I love Hawaii. We've got nothing but praises for it, but I've, I have come from far and I maybe will go far again. I mean, I like the idea of maybe putting some time into the world travel um, that comes with the tour. I know it's a grind, but I like a lot of the ways that I can travel and be tenacious. So I'm open um, to those ideas. I think it'd be fun to focus down to just, you know, two guys or a guy and a girl's team, you know, men's and a women's team and really give the full breath of, you know, wellness and volleyball and life um, and try and bring that over to a team. So it'd be great to make an international run if it ever came up. So, you know, I stay open. Nice. Love it. That'd be fun to, uh, if like, uh, one of your Hawaii teams started traveling FIVB and they brought you on, that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, for sure. Um, that, that would be one option and you never know, like I said, you know, some of them graduate and do other things or even go to other schools and, um, things come back around. We like to kind of make sure that, you know, people are, are treated well. And, you know, I think when you do that, and it's just, you know, up to me to stay on the edge of the game, you know, I want to have something to offer people. Um, so lucky I've been around as much as I have and I can, you know, have perspective and energy is a usually pretty easy one for me to bring to the table too. So, um, yeah. It's fun to coach. Love to do it. Yeah. And you can see it. It's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we let you run, I do, uh, I'm really curious what you think the the college game is going to look like uh, after all this COVID stuff. I don't know if you have any insider info or just <laughs> yeah, any, like- any opinions of, of like what it's going to look like, you think? Yeah. You know, this year is different than any other, the one upcoming, um, because so many departments are braced to keep everyone safe because many departments are braced to keep their budgets balanced. Um, so there's a level of caution that I haven't seen, um, coming from programs that would be sort of unexpected. Um, so traveling restrictions outside conferences, um, things like that budget restrictions that maybe take a trip like Hawaii off the table, and someone where it was on the table, um, things like that. Um, a lot more regional um, competition. You're not going to see people flying back and forth um, quite as much coast to coast. You're going to see a lot more driving um, from teams. So you'll see, uh, and I think as we get more confident and the schedules can kind of bounce back. So there was kind of a really cautious moment. Uh, but yeah, it's just maybe less contests in some cases, some programs kind of managing down on their contest. So they have to travel less. That's part of the budget restrictions. I know big West um, for us, limited roster sizes. So maybe a few less um, athletes getting the travel opportunities. So it's a little bit of a slow roll this year again, which is sad for beach volleyball college of all, because our momentum was so big. Um, I I think the momentum will find ways. We'll kind of get it a a forward way here where it is a little bit slower um, and maybe not quite as, um, you know, geographically diverse, um, in this year. And then hopefully soon after that, maybe two years, um, where it starts to build back up. And then by two years, I think you hopefully, you know, maybe a new NCAA site, maybe five more years of Gulf Shores. Yeah. We got plenty to look forward to. Um, but just getting back to Gulf Shores next year is going to be a challenge. It's going to be worth it, um, to get back down there. Um, that kind of feeling just cause it was, it felt just so hard this year to have yeah you guys were rolling too man you guys were were good 
Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a loss. There's a real sense of loss. I think that all student athletes, all coaches in every sport beach volleyball, particularly we were front lines. We were, we were ready to play. We yeah. flew to Florida um, and we had Florida state and SC and it was, you know, it was Stetson. Um, we had a big weekend ahead of us. And so we were just in full game mode until it was told, no, you know, we didn't, we never really got yeah. a slow roll. We were like playing. I had my scouting and the girls were ready. And um, so we turned around. <laughs> so it took a little time in the ocean to heal that. Um, <laughs> um, so at this point this year, I think also, but let me flip it, Travis, and say this year, I think there's going to be a lot of gratitude for having what we have. Yeah. Any sport, any beach volleyball, any Instagram feed, any, any tournament, any Queens moment, anything like that. I think people are going to be really reaching into and saying, yeah, this is, this is what makes the game go. This is why we love it. This is why we do it. And I think that there's, there's kind of a triumph element that's going to happen. I think try, you guys will get there too, man. When you start playing the triumphant feeling, even in a practice um, or in your first competition, I think is going to be awesome. And, and that hopefully is something that is a spirit that goes into beach volleyball and all college athletics when it gets going again, where we can just be stoked that we're even playing. So that's, sure. that's my full side. I'm already feeling it. Just getting out there on the sand period or getting in the water. Yeah. It's like, like I've, I'm like down at the beach and there's other people at the beach. I'm, you know, I'm far away from them, but I'm like, Oh, this is nice. Just like, I feel like I'm hanging out with these people Just because <laughs> right. they're like around little bubbles all around you. <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah, but for sure. I'm, I'm already feeling that. And I mean, yeah. Can you imagine when it's all, all said and done and we're just back to normal? Yep. You know, try it. I'll spend my time visualizing you guys all up in Tokyo. That's what I'm, that's what I'm be dreaming about for you guys. So yes, in Gulf Shores, I'm going to see you guys in Tokyo. We're hoping for it. Exactly. <laughs> Appreciate it. Good vibes, brother. Great, Travis. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we appreciate you, you coming on. Try do you have, uh, any burning questions left for Ev? I uh, know, but uh, I got his number and so we can chat. <laughs> if I, if I <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yeah. Love you have support and just love, I love, I feel so grateful, Travis and try you guys having me on. I love watching your show and it's fun to just be a voice in beach volleyball and, um, you know, keep things moving forward. And I put a plug in for my live yoga channel too on YouTube, get some people yeah. out there. I was going to say, I might need to jump in on some of that. I yeah. get a little caught up in the craziness right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the channel's called Live Yoga. Yeah, they call it Live Yoga Channel. So um, I can you can find it through Facebook or um, it's on YouTube. And that's where I'm kind of trying to get people steered. I just started teaching a little bit on Instagram Live. And it's it was quarantine. I needed something to do. So I had <laughs> been from practices all day and scouting and recruiting and traveling to home in, in the valley. So we, my, my girlfriend, Tara, said, all right, let's do something. So she said, we're going to go to work. We're going to start sharing this yoga that you love so much. And so it's been fun to, to get that part going. It's a little, little different, but it's fun keeping me busy in quarantine and trying to make it digestible for people so they can just access their own, their own potential. That's the goal. And you can jump, jump in on it live as well or yeah. play back the video? Yeah, it's live on YouTube and Facebook. So I'm with you guys. I'm learning new technology to kind of figure that out and stream it in two places. Um, and when that works, um, that's awesome. And then I'll do, then I'm, I'm, I've got a library, like a playlist library of all the, of the classes 
on YouTube and I'm doing shorts, real simple, 10 minute breathing, five minute warm up, just some little ones that are a little bit more YouTube focused so that people can get more basics down. It's a little more digestible to have it in the small and compared to the full class. So having fun with it. I'm uh, I'm gonna take you up on that. Cool, man. Get on. Check it out. Seven o'clock Monday, Thursdays. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ev, thanks for coming on, man. Good to uh, good to hear your voice and your little uh, Hawaiian spirit on the show. We've had a lot of it lately. We had like Kavika, both McKibbins, then we had both McKibbins on again. We're uh, dude, Hawaii. We're filling up the podcast with you boys. Can't help it. Can't help it. (laughs) Awesome guys. Well, mahalo guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. And you know, good luck to everyone getting playing beach volleyball in the South Bay again. And try will be pulling for you and Trev and just, you know, keep doing what you guys are doing. Stay healthy and, and share the good volleyball mana. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for wearing the shirt. Yeah, I represent. <laughs> Say hi to my dad for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Yeah.